Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Keith Costas Podcast. I'm Bob Ramsey. That is Keith Costas, MLB Network Analyst. Keith, uh, it's the World Series edition as we get ready for Game 6. Before we get into tonight's analytics and try and tell everybody who's going to win, let's talk about what has happened in these previous five games. We Last week, we previewed the World Series, and... Um, how have things gone based on how you thought they would go? Well, yeah, I think you and I, Rama, were both on the same page about this slump-proof Astros lineup and all of their contact and how they weren't going to go quietly. And then we saw them limp through much of, the, much of the first part of the series. So I think that was a surprise to most people. What maybe is even more of a surprise and who could have seen it coming is what's happened with the Braves and Charlie Morton having the leg yeah. injury in game one. I mean, that just threw a wrinkle for me into the whole series and you and I were talking a little bit before we got started and my whole theory in terms of how the first five games were played or at least how the the uh, games two through five were played is that I think that the Braves once Morton went down only having two starters just knew that they were going to have to come back to Houston with a lead in the series that that was probably the only way that they were going to be able to win because their pitching was just so depleted that it was always going to be really hard to win games four and game five. They were going to have a tough time in one of those two games. And you saw them have to play the one card that they did down in the bullpen with Kyle Wright, who's a guy who's kind of been up and down. But we yeah. saw him last postseason have a really good start. We also saw him last postseason have a really bad start. So he's shown it before that he can perform at this level. He's a top five draft pick when they got him. And he pitched brilliantly out of the bullpen in game four. So, you know, once they uh, – once they played that card, they were kind of up against it in game five. So it's been an interesting series to follow. I mean, obviously there's been bullpenning all over the place. We're not surprisingly going to set a record, probably even if the series ends tonight for the most innings pitched by a bullpen or by two uh, bullpens combined in the world series. So maybe right. not all that surprising, but the circumstances that led to us getting that, uh, getting to that spot, obviously nobody could have seen coming with Morton. Yeah. You know, in my theory, it's kind of playing out the, uh, and, and it, it ties into what you're talking about with the Braves getting that 3-1 lead. And that is that um, I thought in the earlier rounds, too many of the managers uh, played non-elimination games as if they were elimination games with their, with their entire pitching staffs. And it really put them behind the eight ball as the series came to a conclusion. So Dusty Baker had to play it that way. He's had to play that, but while he had to do it, now he may and his staff may be more challenged in game six and uh, game seven if there is one, whereas the Braves with their lead, as you talked about, they could take a chance and that chance with bullpen games lost, but they knew they had a cushion that they could do that. Now they've got Max Freed ready to go on full rest. Yeah, and then you look at even spinning it forward to a game seven with Dusty having to use Urquidy the other night, and you cut out a little bit at the start of your question, so I don't know if you covered this, but with Dusty having to use Urquidy the other night, if there is a game seven, now it flips back to the Astros on the starting side with what are they going to do? Because yeah. we've seen through the postseason, I mean, we talked about it with the Dodgers, even the great Max Scherzer talking about what a bullpen appearance in a high leverage spot did to his kind of preparedness for a next start and that's certainly going to be true with Urquidy I would think coming back out of the bullpen and then Valdez has had his issues Granky at this point I don't think you want to see him on three days rest so they're going to be up against it if it comes to a game seven 
in terms of the starter, whereas Ian Anderson is just kind of waiting in the wings with a sterling postseason resume and, oh, by the way, five no-hit innings earlier in the series. So, yeah, I think that the Braves are are still in that same spot that, that led them here in terms of the bullpens in games four and five. It's going to be the same now that they got through that on the pitching side for the starters. So who knows, now that we said all that, the Astros being back home and the fact that their offense kind of woke up in game five. I mean, you look at you look at the lineup changes that Dusty Baker made in game five, and yeah. he basically hit on all of them. I mean, I'm not saying that those guys wouldn't have done it if they stayed in their same spots, but Correa, Gurriel, and Bregman, Drover scored in six of the seven runs. So it looks like that little shuffle in the lineup at least sparked something. Um, so knowing that and with them coming back home, you know, all bets are kind of off with the way they've hit in this park over the years. That could obviously be a, a situation where the offense just does enough that all these pitching questions go out the window. Yeah, you know, I've been my theory was despite the length of the Astros bullpen, that it was the top two guys and maybe the top three, but really uh, it was Altuve and Brantley were the guys. If you stop them, you win. And mm-hmm. the Astros have disproved that now a little bit. Let's see how it goes tonight. And they, they're right handed hitting, well, really right and left. But the way Dusty staggers that lineup, it, uh, you know, freed struggled his last time out can he overcome that and that righty lefty and be effective all the way through um i'm really looking forward to the challenge on freed tonight yeah i mean that was the interesting thing about freed earlier in the series obviously he's now between last year's nlcs and a couple starts in these playoffs he obviously for how how sterling his regular season resume is has had a couple clunkers in the postseason but at the same time he also had a stretch in that last start where he retired 10 in a row so that was pretty big for them, actually, for him to get yeah. it going and give him a little bit of length in that start, even though the line didn't look great at the end. So which breed do we end up seeing here tonight? Is it the guy that has you know, struggled in some of these big spots over the last couple of years, or is it the guy that was the best pitcher in the league in the second half of the season and did get it rolling for, uh, for a pretty extended period of time, more than a full trip through the lineup in his last time out? So I don't know. I think that all bets are off with the you, – you start to see these guys a second time in the series, and who knows? I mean – we saw it with Valdez the other night, certainly not that he was great the first time out, but that was over before it even started almost with, with a left-handed starter just getting rocked at the beginning of the game. What are your analytics saying about the Astros' ability to um, lay off pitches out of the zone and forcing the Braves pitchers to throw strikes? Yeah, I mean, I think that the strike zones have been fairly inconsistent in the series so far, so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to uh, – to make a mu- make much sense of the approach in terms of this inconsistent zone that they've seen. But I do think that that yeah. has been a big thing that they haven't really been able to force the Braves into the strike zone, especially in the bullpen. Dusty Baker made a really good point the other day before the game that, you know, you mentioned staggering the left, right, but he was talking about how all the left-handed arms out of the Braves bullpen have good cutters and good sliders, and they're able yeah. to get inside on those right-handed hitters. And you think about the LCS, when they scored all those two out runs and had a good two strike approach against the Red Sox, a lot of those hits were opposite field hits. And Dusty was talking about how that, you know, that's a hard pitch to take to the opposite field and kind of play to the approach that the Astros have had, um, you know, that the Astros have had over the years. So I just think that, uh, you know, they might be due on the brave side to leave some of those pitches in the zone. And, you know, if that happens, those are the kind of pitches that go over the fence. So, in this park, it's it's funny that Truist being down there, 
some of those balls that were hit to the gaps, you don't realize how big that park is because it flies out to right field. But I think now going back to Houston, there was more than a few balls that would have been gone in Houston that did not go out in Atlanta with those good plays in the left field corner. So, you know, we talked about it a little bit before the series, the, uh, the pull, the pull profile of the Astros hitters. I think maybe that comes back into play now that we're back down here at Houston. Well, and then how do you think that affects the Braves who have a bunch of, uh, and this sounds derogatory, and well, in some ways maybe it is, a bunch of sluggos <laughs> strike out home run. In particular, the outfielders they, they brought in midsummer, they're going to hit some bombs, but they're going to strike out. And uh, I, I'm almost leaning toward, toward betting the over on on runs. I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering that these this game and maybe the next two games, if needed, could be slugfests. Yeah, I mean, we certainly saw that in game five, but you think back to the last game that was here in Houston, the Astros, you know, tried so hard to predict baseball. They played to uh, yeah. they played to their contact profile that we did talk about. You think about the second inning in that, in that game, four runs on five straight singles. So the Braves certainly don't have that in the bag like you talked about. It's been more of a slugfest. And with the way game five went, um, yeah, I would agree with you that guys are probably going to be more inclined to be swinging for the fences just with the way these Braves bats have been going here recently. Not a ton of, of contact here against the Astros staff. Yeah, do you think, Dusty, uh, and, and you, as you pointed out, it may or may not matter anyway, do you uh, you think Dusty will go back to his so-called regular lineup, or do you think he'll still kind of manipulate things a bit? I think he's going to probably stick with it and keep Bregman down at the bottom. You know, it's been funny because Dusty's kind of given us he's kind of been swinging back and forth on, on his perspective on Bregman, I guess, not to say that he's been down on him at all, but the series started with him talking about what a gym rat he is and how much extra right. work he does and how this guy is just such a baseball nut. <clears throat> then by games two and three, he was talking about, you know, Bregman's doing a lot of work. I kind of want him to back off a little bit. It's almost too much. And then by game five, it was back to man. Bregman was out there early. He's tinkering. This guy always is doing anything he can. So he's kind of been all over the place on whether or not, you know, Bregman's work ethic is helping him or hurting him at this point, I think, with the way he found something in game five. And I'm not sure how much to talk about on the Fox side, but he made a pretty big adjustment in terms of keeping going to a two-hand swing, which is not really something that he does. And he talked about it a little bit after the game and just having a hard time keeping his front shoulder in. He talked about having a weak top hand. So he's made some pretty big adjustments. And for it to click right away in, the, uh, in his first time through the lineup the other night with that big double that he hit to right center, I don't see Dusty messing with it now. And we know Dusty's a little bit of an old school guy. He's not going to let any kind of front office person tell him that lineup structure doesn't matter. He's going to come back and say, hey, it worked this way. We're going to keep them where they're comfortable and let's roll. Yeah, and then the other thing that could favor the Astros, and I know it was just one moment the other night, um, but having their regular defensive outfield mm -hmm. out there, um, that, uh, you know, uh, it, it cost them a home run. Uh, that could have been caught. Some people would say should have been caught, I think, if not most, certainly many big league left fielders would have made the play. Um, uh, but simply stated, the, the, the having the regular defense uh, the way Dusty would like it, um, it's got to make him feel a little more comfortable. Yeah, 100%. There was another play in right field that didn't end up really changing anything. I think it would have been a double all the way, but early, and I think it was game, I think it was game three, Michael Brantley just basically ran full speed into the fence. It was a chain oh, link fence right. that kind of they kind of had a little bit of give, but he clearly had no idea where he was on the field, yeah. even with the warning track. So 
you had the Alvarez play that you referenced. You had that Brantley play that really didn't affect much, but, you know, spoke to how unfamiliar they were there. And then you had the two Alvarez throws, which I thought were even, maybe they didn't affect things quite as much as obviously being able to rob a big home run there, but, you know, two throws where he had absolutely no chance to get a runner at home and he just unleashed it and let the Braves, the hitter move to second base. So giving away extra bases down there and Dusty also talked, you know, I'm not saying that things would have been much different with a couple hours of, you know, shagging flies in the outfield, but Dusty did first guess before these games started Atlanta that the weather could play a role in terms of just not being able to get on the field at all. None of those guys were forget about familiar with the positions. They hadn't even set foot in that ballpark, a number of them. So, they didn't get any chance to get out there and kind of read the sidelines or get any kind of familiarity with the wall and all of the nooks and crannies of that park. Not that it's Fenway or, or even Minute Maid is a lot quirkier, um, their own home ballpark than Truist, but just not having any kind of familiarity, both on the hitting side, but certainly with that outfield alignment um, being kind of quirky, they just didn't have a chance to get out there and get acclimated at all. So yeah, I do think that getting back in their home park, Dusty's got to have uh a little bit lower heart rate when the ball's in the air, certainly in, in Minute Maid than what he was dealing with down in Atlanta. I liked your phrase about first guessing. And so now to second guess, and I don't agree with this. <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate. Where is the value or is there a value? Could you look back and say the Astros would have been better off playing their best defense, taking a bat out of the lineup? and playing their best defense. I think I probably would have played it the way Dusty did. I think it made sense. But if you wanted to argue defense was critical, would it have been, would he have been better off? I wonder what the, the, the numbers based on second guessing would say. Yeah. I think in retrospect, he probably might want that decision back. But all another second guess that nobody could have possibly first guessed. If you knew that Alvarez was going to basically do nothing in the middle part of the series here, it would have been an easy decision obviously because that's what the whole thing stems from is the guy that was just a complete series record in the ALCS and has been their best hitter like we've talked about a couple times now over the last couple years and really one of the best hitters in the game you can't get him out of the lineup or so you thought but the combination of those the the throws really stick with me just because it speaks to not having any kind of awareness awareness if it's a physical issue you know it is what it is you understand that the big lumbering DH that might hit you four home runs isn't maybe going to have the speed to get back to the wall, but just the complete unfamiliarity and situational awareness to make those throws that I think has to stick in Dusty's craw. If he is being honest with us after this series is over, if he knew that he wasn't going to be making the right plays, not only, you know, it's one thing to not make the plays you're capable of making physically, but if he wasn't going to be locked in and throwing to the right base and just having some kind of awareness, I think Dusty would have, would have maybe liked to have had that back. And that's, you know, I guess some of that still comes with him being fairly new to the team. It's really only one season when you think about it, because Universal DH all over the place last year, plus Alvarez was hurt. So it's not like, I'm not, I'm not saying that AJ Hinch might've had better insight on this or anything like that. I mean, there's plenty of people within the Astros front office that have been there all along and could tell him everything he wants to know about Alvarez, but it is still sort of early when you think about it in Dusty's, uh, in Dusty's time with the club and really getting a feel for, for what Alvarez yeah. can do out there. And like we talked about also early in the series, what, what time he has seen him out there, it's usually been very calculated in terms of who's on the mound in terms of some of their bigger ground ball pitchers where they just hide him out there, but that certainly wasn't the case. He got plenty of action these last three games. So I know one of the things you do is look at trends and all those kinds of things, but it's so funny when you get to one game, uh, game six, maybe a game seven, we'll talk about that in a second, how, 
the trends can be going a certain way, but one uh, one pitch that is not in the right location, um, one uh, misplay by a fielder that you wouldn't figure, and you take all. Do you do, do you guys just take all the numbers and wad them up in a ball and throw them at the trash can? <laughs> well, at this point, after 162 games and what 12, 15 playoff games of basically proving that it's a coin flip no matter how much analysis you do sometimes at the end of the day yeah I think it is yeah. nice to just kind of have the games right in front of you so I won't bore you with any numbers but I will say one thing I'm looking out for is we still haven't seen Terrence Gore in this series and we've seen how the Braves just can't stop the running game at all whereas the Astros with Maldonado are, are a little better equipped to kind of control that running game are we going to see a spot where Terrence Gore gets into the game and it's really less about that play for me then circling back to where we started with this conversation, the pitching, because I think there's a chance that the Braves might go through this series with a roster spot that just goes completely unused. And if we're deep in game six and seven, and we're still talking about all this bullpenning and Snickers having to figure out, you know, when to use Matzik and how early to bring these guys in. And when he goes to that kind of core four of relievers that have been their, their trusted group to protect the lead. If something goes awry, and they end up coughing up a lead or they end up getting into a tie game with that, with those pitchers in the game. And you're getting deeper into the bullpen. Terrence score is going to become a little bit of a talking point because they went with a bunch of position players on the roster. You know, again, they would have never, how could they have ever known that Morton was going to get hurt, which changed everything, sure. but they went pretty position player heavy and are now involved in a series, which like we talked about is going to set a new record probably for bullpen usage. So Kind of a curious decision by their front office. Obviously, the front office is a huge part of what got them here. We've talked a lot about all those July pickups. But, man, Terrence Gore <laughs> got a lot of weight on his shoulders if he does get his shot to make good on that because they uh, yeah. they have not been playing with a full deck of pitchers like a lot of teams probably would have stacked for a series like this in the modern game. So if Terrence Gore gets his, uh, gets his shot, there's going to be quite a lot of pressure on him to deliver on his inclusion on the roster. So my key for tonight – pretty obvious doesn't take a genius the uh i think if max freed can get the braves uh two or three times through the lineup let's say he can get get it get to the fifth or through the fifth into the sixth um i think the braves are in great shape to clinch it but if he's solved by the astros like he was in that first start then um I think we're very, very likely to see game seven. Yeah. And I think you're right. And how they, how the Braves play it, if it's tied or they're down is going to be really interesting to see because of what we talked about are the Braves. I mean, obviously you can't give away world series games and you don't like your odds going into a game seven necessarily. If you've just lost two in a row and you've got a chance to blow a three, one lead for a second consecutive postseason, given what happened to them in last year's LCS. But do they hold back knowing that they have that quartet of relievers that we just talked about and the exact same blueprint that made a run at a no-hitter mm -hmm. the last time they all got together with Anderson and then the blueprint of Matzik, Jackson, or Minter, uh, Minter, Jackson, Matzik, and Will Smith. Will Snit be willing to use one or two of those guys or does he hold that kind of platoon back for a game seven if he doesn't feel like his team can uh, crack the Astros pitching staff or his pitching staff? probably more likely can't hold the Astros down here in the early part of game six. So how he kind of plays that and yeah. deals with the usage of those relievers, I think is one of the more interesting things. They stayed away from Matzik the other night who they said was available, but has never pitched three games in a row in his entire career. So I thought that was nice to get him 
a couple days off going into this, so they can probably be pretty aggressive back to back with him. But yeah, how how that bullpen is used tonight in a non-win is probably going to be pretty telling about what they do tomorrow in terms of pitching on the brave side. Final thing from me, Keith. Do you uh, do you got a do you got a hitter on the brave side? Somebody that uh, somebody think is 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 ready to explode, or the matchups tell you look out for this guy playing in Minute Maid. I don't know about the matchups, but just the swings he's provided so far in the big moments. I think it's hard not to think that Solaire might run into one here in Houston. He even, I mean, he let off the series with a homer. He had the big pinch hit homer, obviously. But some of these balls that he's hit that haven't stayed fair. I mean, he hit a ball the other night that was 119 miles an hour foul. It wasn't really that close to staying fair, but he is yeah. locked in and just being able you know, being able to be around the teams, because we haven't been in the parks, even when we've been going to the parks, it's just been mostly setting up outside and doing our, uh, you know, doing our TV production thing from the truck. We haven't really been inside that much. Solaire is an absolute mountain of a man that seems to be locked in right now. So I think he's as good of a bet as any to, I'm not saying he's going to have a great line, but if he puts one or two balls in play, all bets are off. They might go forward in 50 feet. So he's a guy I'd be very nervous to see at the plate from the Astros perspective. Anything to look forward to on uh, MLB that you want to tease fans with that they might see? After the season is over, depending on uh, when it ends, depend uh, dictates when we get started. But as soon as uh, it's the off season, basically up until when spring training starts. So. That'll have you covered for all the off-season happenings and goings-on goings on in terms of trades and signings when all that kicks off. I said final thing. I lie. Make your pick. Who's going to win this this two-game series? Who's going to win it? I don't know if it's going to happen tonight or I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm saying the Braves, and it'll still be the 2013 Red Sox as the most recent team to clinch the World Series at home. It's been quite a while since someone's won on their home field, and I think that trend will continue with the Braves taking at least one of these next two in some order. Kind of boring, but I agree. Keith, it's been fantastic. It's really, really been fun breaking things down with you. Uh, have a great remainder of the World Series, and we'll talk again soon. All right, Rammer. Thanks. Great talking to you, too. That's terrific. Keith Costas, MLB Network Analyst. I'm Bob Ramsey. Enjoy Game 6 and maybe Game 7. This is the Keith Costas Podcast. It's hard work to be at the top of your game, always improving, to be better, but it's worth it. At Ameren, Illinois, we approach reliability the same way. It's why we don't just power one of the smartest energy grids in the nation. We work tirelessly to make it smarter with upgrades, improvements, and a plan for the future. And we'll never stop raising the bar on reliability because it matters to you. Learn more at AmerenIllinois.com slash reliability.